Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Not So Newlywed Podcast. If you're tuning in, that means you have possibly listened to episodes one and episode two, and we are truly thankful for that. I'm one half of your co-host, Candace, and you can find me on Twitter at London and Mommy. And I got dinged um, for being shady with the intro, so I'm just I'm just going to let London's father introduce himself. Oh, you got dinged? Who dinged you? You did. Talk you know, about why well, uh, we got to take a dig, even though it's true that you the annoying half, but... Whatever. Anyway, this is um, the better half, <laughs> since this is what we're doing. This this how I'm introing this time. Uh, nah. <laughs> uh, what's up, y'all? It's Mike. Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, brilliant underscore... Or excuse me, brilliant dumb underscore e. I don't even know my own at. That shit's so terrible, terrible. You don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> you can. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me there. I'm typically not doing anything on Twitter, uh, either talking sports or just being stupid in general. So. Ring finger, pinky toe. Ring finger pinky toe Um, And also you can check us out On the podcast page At Not So Newlywed PC You can find us on Facebook At Not So Newlywed Podcast If you just search it we'll pop up And um, So I think we just about to get into it Because I feel like it's a pretty good episode And it kind of will make you think about how people need to love you for you to be happy. And if you're capable of loving other people, how they need to be loved for them to be happy. And if you can find a common ground. And with that said, I heard some years ago about the five love languages and a doctor who wrote the book and it turned into a really big phenomenon. And, um, you know, there's a test you could take online. To you answer like 20 or so questions mm-hmm. about what things a person could do for you to really, you know, make you happy and all of that. Yeah, so, it kind of pits certain aspects of different types of forms of affection um, in these questions. So it's like you you'll choose, say, you know... Watching TV with someone over receiving a gift or, so, or something like that. Like, yeah. it'll be like multiple choice where you'll have to uh, pick which one means the most to you, depending on that situation they give you. Yeah. London is here. Say hi. No. You say hi? No. Bye bye. Nothing. No? Okay. No, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. So, Mike and I took the the test for the five love languages, and um, then I also took the test for what my apology language is. See, that that link wasn't in mine. Oh, okay. See how you had that link? When I was looking for it, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get that. So, okay, see, here it is. Oh, okay. But... If you want to uh, take the test yourself after you listen to this or while you listen to it, 
you and your partner or you and your spouse or whoever you're dealing with or if you just want to take it so that your next relationship you have a good idea on what somebody needs to bring to you for them to make you happy then you can take the test and you can go to fivelovelanguages.com i put the link in the showrunner and um, and um when she does that reply if you take it like let oh, us yeah. know what let us know which what you got let us know what uh, your love language is yeah please like we want to hear back from you we want to hear feedback and commentary so we'll uh jump into it so i'll i'll start with my profile so the way they interpreted the score was um they asked you like 20 it seems like let's see not to say 17 20. so they asked you 30 questions and then they break it into their five categories and the highest the the category with the highest number of answers you picked is what they consider your primary love language let's let them know what the categories kind of are yeah go ahead so um the five categories uh one is quality time uh the other words of affection acts of service physical touch and receiving gifts um we can kind of talk about them here really quickly. I'm sure um, you guys uh, know what a lot of that, you know, all entails anyway. But we'll kind of go into like how they kind of define it. Um, so with quality time, um, it says in the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical. But really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby uh, makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Um so I think everybody knows what quality time is. Uh, words of words of affirmation. Um, actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean you mean the world to you. Excuse me. Hearing the words "I love you" are important. Hearing reasons behind the love sends your spirit skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging. And positive words are truly life-giving. Um, acts of service. It says, uh, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Uh, anything you ease, anything to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an act of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear. Let me do that for you. Laziness, broken, oh, excuse me, broken commitments, and. Making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feeling oh excuse me their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. Uh, I'll let you do the last two. So that's physical touch and just receiving gifts. So <clears throat> physical touch says that this love language isn't all about the bedroom. A person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, and thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face. They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. 
physical presence and accessibility are crucial. While neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive, physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. And lastly, receiving gifts. Now, this is my type of carrying on. <laughs> Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift will be disastrous. So with the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. <clears throat> so, okay. Now, I so when I took the test, my... Funny, you probably would believe that gifts... Receiving gifts is my primary love language. I, too, was surprised that it is not. <laughs> because I like a good gift. However, my primary love language is acts of service. And as Mike and I discussed this, it fit perfectly because a lot of what I ask for or a lot of what really makes me happy is just the fact that Mike takes the initiative to help around the house, to be hands-on with London, to be present and accounted for when my work schedule ties me up a little bit. And so he's there like, okay, no problem. I got it. It'll be handled. You know, do what you got to do at work. So um, I was actually happy that I took the test because I would have thought I was the Gimme, 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 gimme ass broad. But nope. Um, I prefer when Mike does things that makes our life easier, our household runs smoother, um, opens up my schedule to accomplish some of the goals that I have where my career is related. Like, for example, I'm getting ready to sit for the PE. If you don't know what that is, that is um, an, a licensing exam to become a licensed practicing engineer to be able to sign off on drawings, stamp drawings, and, you know, to be able to be senior engineer on projects and, you know, things like that. Um, it's an eight hour exam. It covers everything that I ever learned in undergrad as a civil engineer and everything that I've learned as a geotechnical engineer. And it is requiring a lot of study. And so one of the key things has been that Mike has London and I get to come and study quietly by myself um, literally every day for multiple hours at a time. That is an act of service and an act of love because London could be a handful. And you, you know what I don't like about this whole thing right now? You was just like way too mature with this and I, I can't even make a joke. Oh, you big man. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I had I had my whole like Yeah. Yeah. I had nah. a little bit planned and everything, but you kinda just ruined that by being so mature. So yep. Sorry. I appreciate that. Thank exactly. You. This is what I mean when I say I'm the better half. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that that that's my primary um <laughs> love language. And not to say one thing that this test says is that it tells you that is not that the other love languages don't matter, 
but the primary one is what matters the most. So I still, so my second one, what was second after uh, acts of service was physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts, and then words of affirmation. Now, I have gotten to a point where I think I'm that bitch in life. So I don't <laughs> always, <laughs> I don't always need words of affirmation because I know, baby. I know. Uh, you got it. I'm here. Okay. I know right. who I am. You, you see yourself. Yeah, yeah, I see myself. <laughs> so I know everybody else sees me. Yeah. So it made sense to me that words of affirmation was at the bottom of the list. But um, physical touch is important to me. It's very important to me. Um, and like the, the description said, not, not necessarily just sex, but... You know, sometimes I have a long day. You know, that bear hug that your man give you, that shit is everything. Because he big, he strong, he got nice arms and shoulders. And he just wrap you up like you had a long day, kiss your forehead and all that kind of stuff. That that means something. And so, um, then third was quality time. And I'll let Mike discuss quality time because it showed up heavy in his test. Um, yeah, so I got... um. I got quality time as my main uh, no. love language. No. And <clears throat> the way they describe quality time, though, I'm not sure, I'm not too sure I agree with. Although at the end, um, when I was reading it, actually just a little while ago to y'all, it does say, you know, sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Um, but I think that's it. That's kind of like a broad scope to me. So I, I feel like anything you do with your partner can be considered quality time. It doesn't have to be, you know, y'all sitting down, hey, we need to talk for a little while and just kind of whatever y'all are doing and just kind of enjoying no. each other's company no. while enjoying even your no. own space at the same time. Sometimes me and Candace no. are in the same room. We may not even no. engage with each other. She may be reading a book and I may be like um, playing a game on an iPad or you know, watching the basketball or football or whatever, but we're still in the same room and, you know, we can still engage in, with each other here and there. Um, but it's not like a constant back and forth where we're kind of just like um, movie time or whatever you would call it. So I do kind of disagree with the TV off, fork and knife down, like quality time is eating dinner together or, um, you know, whatever personally you enjoy uh, with the company of your spouse or your partner. I actually agree with that because when I sit back and think of it, a lot of our, our moments, a lot of the laughs we share, it, it's us together. And we might not necessarily just be sitting in silence, looking each other dead in the face, yeah. talking. But it'll just be, you know, crack a joke at dinner time or even even at times when we're on Twitter at the same time, which is not often because of our schedules. But when we even are tweeting at the same time, you know, we'll crack jokes on each other or things like yeah, that yeah. And, and get laughs in. So I don't think quality time has to mean that's uh, always undivided attention. Right. I, and that's what it kind of seems like it was kind of saying That at the seems beginning. a little weird. Yeah. To every, every encounter has to be extremely undivided, nothing yeah. else going on. That's not realistic either because we have a child. Um, you know, my mom is with us. So there's a lot, a lot of times there's always somebody around us. So we don't get necessarily the, uh, 
we don't get to have undivided nobody is else nobody else is here quality time so yeah but we we do make ways to have quality time like you know when mike and i work um so for for a time he was getting off later than me and but it was before london's bedtime so i would cook a little later so that we could all have dinner when he got home like if he was getting home at 7 7 30 so like things like that really matter being able to eat together watch a movie together you know, discuss something that, you know, crack jokes together, things like that. So, yeah, I don't agree that all quality time needs to be a product of no no TV, no phone, no kids, no this. Yeah, yeah. Just undivided attention. I don't, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, and, I, and that's not how I see it either. And I think that's kind of why I got uh, quality time. My second was um, words of affirmation. Um... I'm not too sure if I agree with that, though. But if that's what they say it is, that's what they say it is. Because I answered the questions truthfully. So it is what it is. Um, my third was acts of service. Six was f- physical touch. And I honestly, I got a zero for receiving gifts. I'm like super low maintenance. You ain't getting shit for Christmas. <laughs> you ain't getting shit for Christmas. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go too crazy. Let's not, let's not, <laughs> let's not get too crazy. I'm going to be like, you remember on your love language test, you said receiving gifts was a zero. Guess what? You getting zero. <laughs> <laughs> what you get me for Christmas? The same thing you got yeah, on that five yeah, love Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, so, looking at it, I can, I do think we cater to each other's primary love language but then hearing that like words of affirmation is is something that maybe you don't even think about but it's there subconsciously so then I was just like you know okay I have to be better because I am the type to like I won't always say it I'll just show it so right. um I feel like learning what your score was and and you know how it filtered out um i need to do a better job of affirming my love for you verbally Hmm. you know it could be just be something as simple as like i'm proud of you you got a new job i'm really proud of you you hit a milestone at work proud of you i feel like you do that though but you know what i've i I, i'm glad yours is way at the bottom because I don't feel like I do that at all. <laughs> but no, um, but yeah, I do, I do feel like you do that when, you know, when the time calls for it, I feel like you do that. I, I, I personally, no, uh, didn't know that that was, I didn't think that that would be the second one on the list. Like that would be something, because it's never something I really think about. Like I don't really think about compliments or, I mean, I do here and there, like, support. But you know what? I think it's kind of like how they arrange the questions, too. Because I may have just felt like that was more important than the other stuff on that question. Yeah. Um, So, the thing about you is that, in general, you aren't super talkative. Right. Which, um, like, we've had the conversation, if you listen to previous shows, that... 
Mike is not a very emotional and talkative person. Like, he does not wear his emotions on his sleeve, you know. So, it makes sense that that carries over to words of affirmation. Mike is one of those people that um, he shows his love by being what he needs to be in the marriage and the household. And so, I've gotten to the point where I've... Not not that I I don't accept him because he talks a lot more. He's a lot more open. Um he's he's very physically affectionate, which for me, um, even in my tests means more than being verbally affectionate. Mm-hmm. Because I've always been the type to feel like people could say anything. You know, you could say whatever. Right. You know, but does it does it come across with a person's actions? And so for me, his actions do come across with, you know, intimacy, physical touch, um, providing, doing his part around the house, um, doing extra when I feel overwhelmed and need a break. To me, that matters so much more than just saying, I love you. 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 Like you could tell somebody you love them all they want, but if you aren't showing them love and, and you know, where it counts, then, it's kind of like, eh, does it really mean anything? Right. Which, it reminds me. So, I saw... Oh, let me find my phone. I saw this quote on Twitter, and I was like, okay, this is absolutely true. And it said that if, as a married woman with children, you can't confidently... Travel and leave your children in the care of your husband for a few days, weeks, months. You married an irresponsible husband and you are living in bondage. And it was a quote from a woman named Nikechi Bianzi. Um, so I agree, actually. Um, I, I definitely agree because um, we see... So I gave some some examples that if you think about it, you be like, damn, that's always the case. So when you watch a movie or a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. When the father dies, the mom moves on with life as usual. They portray it as she pick up the pieces, her and her kids go about trying to find new happiness with the father died. Once the father's passed away. When the mother dies in a movie, the dad is completely helpless. He spends the whole movie looking for somebody to help him with the kids. He has to get to know his kids. He doesn't know their routine and what they need. The kids be cussing them out and talk about which mom was here and ABCDEFG. Like, even that shows just how much we've been conditioned to believe that husbands and fathers don't have to be as hands-on as the mother and then when something happens to the mother or if the mother has to work go out of town or whatever the case may be the vacation he's completely clueless and i watched this show called real housewives of potomac we discussed it on ratchet ramblings if you haven't checked me out over there do that if you love ratchet reality tv Mm. but the woman one of the wives on the show was going out of town for her birthday for vacation. She was going to Paris. 
she was picking out outfits for the two weeks and taking literally taking pictures of the outfits and sending them to her husband because she did not she could not trust him to get the kids dressed properly (laughs) that's ridiculous that um if if i feel like if it takes all of that for another for an adult you procreated with to be able to keep the household running and the kids in order while you're gone for a week or two weeks you are married to another child and that sounds very miserable yeah that's crazy um i go out of town for work and life goes on as usual honestly like when i call when i talk to mike in london when i facetime the house isn't on fire the police aren't knocking at the door she not snotty nosed and running crazy and hungry and they not eating mcdonald's every damn day because he can't cook and he like things like that um like i said acts of service knowing that i can depend on him to keep things running smoothly should i not be around nobody wants to think about it because i know it's morbid but should something happen to me tomorrow, I know that Mike will be able to raise London. And he will not fall apart and London will not end up lo- a lost cause out here doing crystal meth because her dad fell apart after her mom died. Like, I know that it will be painful, but I know that he is capable of raising his child, maintaining a household, and moving on. Like, will it take some time to move on? Maybe, maybe not. Shit. Mike, I might come back as a bad as a badder bitch and end up remarrying him. That would be mm. terrible. That would be terrible. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying for you, for you, that would be terrible. But like in the grand scheme of things, they will be okay. They won't end up in somebody homeless shelter because because he just drank himself into a grave and child service came to, to like. They will be fine. I've never had to send pictures and and write out a dis, an, an instruction list when I go out of town for work. Like, Mike, make sure you make her some oatmeal. Make sure you give her a bath. This is where the diapers are. This is where he is hands-on enough in our home to know how to care for himself in London. I just can't imagine being married to a grown baby. Yeah, that's, that's not... I. Because I don't watch that show, and I I watch a lot of these shows with you. I don't watch that one, but yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. And so that's why I feel like this love language test was was pretty helpful, even if we didn't fully agree with the definitions. Mm-hmm. I think we agree with what what they identified as our primary love language. Yeah, yeah. And so that leads me to this. Lennon is trying to eat chocolate covered pretzels. Like she is really greedy. Good, good lord. But um, she you like she like don't buy food if I can't eat it. That what food for? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. So <laughs> that brings me to this. Mike didn't take this test because he didn't have the link to it. But I'll read the descriptions and then he probably can identify what's his apology language because yeah, yeah. um. On the flip, you have to know how to love the person you're with, and the person you're with has to know how to love you. The reverse to that is there will be adverse moments. Mm-hmm. There will be arguments. There will be times when you just don't see eye to eye or agree or anything. And you will have to learn to apologize. Fellas, pay attention to this part. 
men will apologize more than women, but you ain't. This, you this, hear this, from me. This our real love language right here. This the the apology is the real love language. This is this is our section of the show. So before I get to what my what my profile said, I'm gonna read the description. So okay. it's go. So the five ones are requests for forgiveness, and it says that requesting forgiveness is not easy. It often leaves one vulnerable to fear of rejection. Ultimately, it is important to remember that there's a difference between asking for forgiveness and demanding forgiveness. When we demand forgiveness, we tend to forget the nature of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice the offended party is supposed to make. Demanding forgiveness takes away the sincerity of asking for it. It says by asking for forgiveness... Of their actions, a partner is really asking their mate to still love them. Requesting forgiveness assures your mate that you want to see the relationship fully restored. Hmm. Expressing regret. Expressing regret is the apology language that zeroes in on emotional hurt. It is an admission of guilt and shame for causing pain to another person. It says that, above all, expressing regret takes ownership of the wrong, and for that reason... Expressing regret is understood as a sincere commitment to repair and rebuild the relationship. The next one is genuinely repenting. For some individuals, repentance is the is the convincing factor in an apology. Some mates will doubt the sincerity of an apology if it's not accompanied by their partner's desire to modify their behavior to avoid the situation in the future. Accepting responsibility. It is difficult for some people to admit they're wrong it make them it makes them doubt their self-worth and no one likes to be portrayed as a failure however as adults we must all admit that we make and will make mistakes and then uh make restitution in our society many people believe that wrong acts demand justice the one who commits the crime should pay for the wrongdoing a mate who speaks this love language feels the same way towards apologies. They believe that in order to be sincere, the person who is apologizing should justify their actions. The mate who's been hurt simply wants to hear that their mate still loves them. For a mate whose primary apology language is making restitution, no matter how often you say I'm sorry or I was wrong, um, you have to accompany it with Assurance that you still love your mate and have a desire to right the wrongdoings committed. So, okay. So my hold, on, hold, hold. Before you tell us, <laughs> before you tell us what it is, let me let me see if what I think of I apologize like matches up with what you got. Okay, come on with it. <laughs> All right. So give me give me those options again, just so I can. Um... So. You don't got to read the whole thing. Make restitution, Mm -hmm. accept responsibility, genuinely repent, express regret, request forgiveness. Mm. I want to say make make restitution. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go with make restitution. Okay, you're right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think make 
restitution goes hand in hand with uh, my love language, which is acts of service. So it it only makes sense that to correct your wrongdoing, you got to do some shit. Yeah, it's got to be followed with an action. And and so it was kind of spot on, which made me, you know, further have a level of confidence um, about the five love languages and the in the doctor who wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, not always enough. Like, it's got to be accompanied by an action. Um, it's got to be accompanied by change behavior. A Burberry bag. <laughs> some flowers. But primarily, a change in your actions. Compromising to understand how I feel and why I am I, upset. Right. Because, you know, early in our relationship, when we would argue we get into arguments what would really take us from zero to a hundred would be like i said mike and i are different in that he um is very laid back and nonchalant and so he he doesn't feel like a lot of things are that serious it's not that deep it's not the end of the world it's not da 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 for me it would be serious and so when you are in the mood and somebody's saying this shit ain't even that big of a deal chill that's that's my expression to a lot of shit <laughs> and so he had to get in the habit of saying okay you're upset i i get that i can see why you're upset i don't necessarily feel like it's that serious but it's serious to you so i take it serious yeah um, and I, in return, I had to do the same and, um, stop harping on every little thing because Mike is a person that hates the every little thing. Like he's, he's always available to deal with the big things, but if it's a bunch of little shit, he not going to be bothered with that. He going to be like, you know what? This not, I'm not doing this. This shit mad petty. Bye. And you know what I'm saying? So it got to the point where I had to really take initiative and figure out my battles. Like, okay, is this that serious? Is this a big deal? Does the the stability of our relationship really depend on harping on this little thing? And so I've gotten better about that. So if you had to pick one, if I had to pick one for you, I would say your love language, I mean, your apology language, I, I'm i not sure. I don't have to apologize a lot. <laughs> huh. Huh. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at it right now, and I'm... Hmm... Yeah, this is uh, this is a tough one for for me as far as like how I need someone to apologize. I would say maybe mm, it's between make restitution and expressing regret. I think, and that's kind of just me. Um, 
analyzing myself a little bit. <clears throat> Though I'm not sure if I take the test, if it comes out like that. Maybe I'll take the test, you know, once we finish this and uh, we'll kind of go back to this uh, maybe for Patreon or something like that. In or, my, to uh, me, I but feel I'm not really like... Sure. So, I feel like with as easy going as you are... For, okay. Ask. No, it's not. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's... Yeah, man, it's a tough one. It's a tough one with you because <laughs> one of the things that when, like, when we have an argument, um, you really don't like when I like take physical touch away from you when we're arguing. Like, you get really upset if like we're trying to get past an argument. If I won't hug you, won't give you a kiss, you know, like that kind of really bothers you. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they have a lo- an apology language for that, but you are somebody that likes to reconcile with physical touch. Okay. Like that kind of seals the deal that things are okay and and you know compromise and has been made and apologies have been said. Um, yeah, I think that's it for you because you know we've had gotten in arguments. You be like, I apologize and. You said it was okay, but you wouldn't, you know, give me no hug or no kiss. What the fuck? And it's like, okay, you know, you're right. Like, I don't, I shouldn't, I can't punish you for, punish you by taking away physical touch. So I think that is your thing. Like, you like to be apologized to, and then you like to seal it off with some affection. So let's see. No. I think that could fall under genuinely repenting, maybe. Okay. Like, it's genuine. Um, And then, you know, a little, little hug, little kiss, little... Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, that's all that they had on the website. But I think expanding on that... um. It gets tricky. I don't think... So, I while I think the apology test maybe nailed it for me, I don't think it's as cut and dry maybe as the love languages are. Mm. Because I feel like every category they gave, you kind of need to roll it into one for a really uh, sincere and genuine apology. You have to accept responsibility. You have to correct your actions. It needs to be genuine. You need to request forgiveness, not demand it of somebody. You need to, you know, let the person know that you regret hurting them, that you accept responsibility, that you are the one to hurt them. So I don't honestly think you can have the proper apology without... All of those aspects. Yeah, without requiring all of those aspects. I think you have a right to require all five of these categories at the same time when somebody hurts you, like, you know, to, yeah. to that extent. So that is um, how I feel about that. I think that's, I think the apology languages is something they could really kind of do without. Hmm. I don't think it makes, 
it doesn't i don't think it adds more to what the, the author yeah, yeah i don't think it adds more to what the author is trying to say about the love languages it just kind of creates some confusion whereas there is no confusion in the love languages i feel like with these categories there is some they overlap right i feel like there's overlappage and maybe it was a forced attempt to create another avenue for what the doctor does, you know, with the five love languages. Like, so what else can I turn into five categories? Right. You know, so I'm on the fence about it, you know, especially as we sit here and discuss it. I don't necessarily believe that um, these should be broken up into separate categories. I actually think it should be more of a you should require these five categories when it's time to issue apologies. You should give these five categories when it's time to apologize. So, Yeah, I can agree with that. A lot of them do seem like you would need to kind of do a little bit of them all to kind of completely apologize depending on the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I don't think that these necessarily need to come into play for every... Uh, Every moment where there could be some adversity or an argument or a disagreement or mm-hmm. a, a not eye to eye moment, I sometimes feel like it is just okay to say, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's it you know, require it's, a I whole fe- bunch of I stuff. forgot to take the trash out, you know, or something like that. Well, you forget to take the trash. Now I don't fuck with no trash, but <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to take the trash out. A simple, you know what? I'm sorry. I make sure I, you know, put it in my phone to remember to take it out next time. Yeah. Case closed. You don't need to get into the five categories of apologies for apology for something so minor. Mm-hmm. Now, you forget our anniversary. Which I can't. Word. Ah. Our anniversary is his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Not really sure what I was thinking. But hey. Yeah. You know. I was like, when do you want to get married? He was like, it need to be something I can remember. Your birthday, yeah. Okay. You got that. However, I don't overshadow his birthday on his anniversary, so I don't even know what he tripping about. I I mean, you were still born on that day, but you was also married on that day. Now, what if you mess around and die on that day? You lit. Hey, chill. Oh. (laughs) Too far? (laughs) That was too much? Yeah, man. What's going on with you? What? I thought it would be fire. Nah. Uh, Nope. Nah. On November 2nd, Michael Barnes was born, married, and died. Amen. <laughs> Why is you playing with the vacuum cord? You not sure? No. <laughs> Anyways, we are about to wrap up. And our goal is to not have you uh, spending every episode that we drop listening for an hour and a half, two hours. So when it's just Mike and I, we definitely plan to give you some good content, but in a shorter amount of time so that you can go check out some other podcasts on the CSPN network. Um, Short and sweet. Yeah, short and sweet to the point. But before we get out of here, we just want you to go and... 
check out the other shows on CSPN, which includes Ratchet Ramblings, Crown and Collars, Bad and Boozy, Know the Score, Rasslecast. And if you really, really enjoy what we're doing over here at the CSPN, you can subscribe to our Patreon where there's exclusive content. We'll put the link to the Patreon and the showrunner. And you definitely can pick whatever package you like. And they start from as little as a dollar a month to whatever you want to donate monthly to keep the CSPN moving and shaking and bringing you new content, new shows. And also you can check out some of our sponsors that we have. You can shop at Amazon, Busted Tees, Wink Wine Co., um, Adam and Eve, Blue Apron, a host of other uh, other shows. Just go to CSPN.us, click the Shop Our Sponsors link, and all of the sponsors that we have will pop up and you can pick one. It's of no extra charge to you when you're purchasing. It just gives CSPN a little bit of the income, a little bit of the total from that so that we can keep the lights on and keep bringing you stuff for free because I know you don't want to have to pay to listen to us. Um, and I guess that is it. We are about to get out of here. London is waving bye bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, bye bye. Say bye bye everybody. Yeah. Um Bye. Yeah, bye. Mm. Bye. Give mommy a kiss. So that's it for us. Again, you can find me on Twitter at London and Mommy or check out the show Twitter, which is not so newly wed PC. All one word. You can also find us on Facebook at Not So Newlywed Podcast. So before we get out of here, Mike, you got anything you want to say? Any shout outs? Uh, no, nah, just um, I want to thank him for joining us again here. We'll, you know, be back in two weeks. Hope y'all will be here as well. And also you can find me again on uh, Twitter at BrilliantDumb underscore E. And that's that. <laughs>